Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Previously on About Them Cowboys. Uh, I think that's a part of leadership is to have some of the guys that have gone before that uh, have been disappointed uh, to share it with everybody involved. For me, it's a reminder. I, too, have been here 23 years. And uh, it is a reminder. I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. And so having said that, uh, uh, I want me some glory hole. So I have that perspective. Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. All right, welcome back, Cowboys fans. After a short hiatus slash vacation from us, we're back to discuss the Dallas Cowboys. The crew is here. The three amigos of all things Dallas Cowboys are here to break it all down for you. And gosh, we've got some glorious Jerry drops to get to. Some legendary comments from him. We've got Father John Mashoda on the ground in Oxnard to cover everything that has to do with Dallas Cowboys training camp. So make sure you're following him at John Mashoda on Twitter. I know he's going to be posting a lot of videos and awesome stuff over the next few weeks as we lead up to the season. But without further ado, let's welcome in the crew. All three of them are here. It's from the ticket and the athletic. Saad Youssef. It's from the Eagle. Kevin, KT Turner, and of course, from the athletic. Father John Machado. Guys, before we get started, I want to share a a story uh, with you. I was at the Dallas Card Show this past uh, week, and um, I was, you know, leaned over a table, you know, very concentrated on on the duty there. No, I, actually, I was just just browsing, and um, on my shoulder, I feel a tap. I'm like, who could I know here? Uh, because I was there with my dad, and Sure enough, it was Father John Mashoda. Whoa! In the flesh. Wow! Didn't yeah, even know the guy was going to be there. <laughs> he taps me on the shoulder. I gave him a big hug on behalf of all of everyone that listens to the show and reads your stuff, John. Um, good. To, it was great to see you, man. And glad I got to catch you before you got out of town. But man, that made my day. Made my made my year. Really, to see your face. <laughs> To see half of your face because you had a mask on, but yeah, I, I'm a big card nerd. I don't tell many people that, but yeah, I'm, that was, I'm in, that was awesome I'm to discover. Cards. Yeah, it was it was very funny to discover. I was like, so you doing a uh, doing a story on this or something? He's like, no, <laughs> I, I'm here to buy cards. And no, he I'm, I'm pulled here. out a nice uh, Steph Curry, uh, yeah, uh, rookie card and some other stuff. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was very very funny to see. I wish I had taken a picture uh, for. for it's all the funny because it's. It's funny because it's a very recent addiction of like it's a pandemic addiction, and uh, <laughs> and it just it's taken off. Yeah, it is so funny. Yeah, it's one of those things when I you know you're younger, you really don't have the money to buy what you really want to buy, and then you get older and you got a little bit of money, and you're like, oh, I should buy some of this stuff that I've always wanted. So you buy some of those things, and you're like, well, I could use some of this. I could use a Giannis rookie. Next yeah. thing you know, yeah, <laughs> I got three. Then you, right. oh, I could use some Steph Curry's. You know. 
Oh, a Luca? Yeah, let's get this. But I don't want to just get the regular one. Let me get something real nice that I can really appreciate. Yeah, it's- yeah anytime a, a guy's going to go into any Hall of Fame and you can buy a, a rookie card of that guy, I think you should do it in any scenario. That's, a, that's, that's a, It's just a smart, it's a good, good investment strategy. But yeah, I just wanted to share that, KT, as we start things off. I got to see John. Didn't get to see you. I was supposed to see you this past uh, week, but I was out of town and didn't get to link up with you. That was sad, but uh, well, we'll, we'll do it soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll get together soon, and now we're kind of split up, split up a little bit because Father John Mashoda is out in Oxnard because it's Cowboys training camp time. And uh, we're all here kind of, uh, you know, cranking it out at the day job and all that type of stuff while John is out there enjoying the beach in the mountains of California. So very jealous that we can't be out there with you, John. We would love to be out there with you because training camp is always very interesting in its own way. Um, and it usually starts with the uh, state of the team address. And today was no different than pretty much any other year where you can count on Jerry saying some wild stuff. Um, you know, we haven't heard a ton from McCarthy, so it's been ca- kind of interesting to hear that. And then, of course, you get Stephen uh, laughing in the background. Like, it's my contention that Stephen... If he had a birthday party and you said, Stephen, you can have one stand-up comedian play in your backyard, that he would choose Mike McCarthy. And I will <laughs> use the evidence from this Hard Knocks clip that Kent's pulled for us when Mike McCarthy was asked about uh, the Hard Knocks cameras being there at training camp. Yeah, that's something that we, we didn't talk about that, that was kind of revealed as we as we uh, were off was the fact that Cal was going to be hard on hard knock. So we'll cover all that on the show. We'll, we'll pull audio and all that kind of stuff as, as it comes out. So look forward to that. But yeah, KT, great, great setup. And uh, here we go with cut number one. Mike, what are your thoughts on the hard knocks uh, cameras being around? Did you need to be talked into it at all? Well, no, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I wrecked my truck when I, when Jerry called me, um, I, was dri- <laughs> I was driving through, driving through a rainstorm, but, uh, once I got back on the road, I'm, I'm all in. So I'm excited about it. <laughs> he actually gave me his glasses on the way in. I think, I think we're good. So, <laughs> so he's not, not very stoked about it, I guess. Yeah. I can't wait St- for hard ducks. Steve, Steven does love him. Some Mike McCarthy. And you know, that's, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, even before you brought that up, I'm glad that you led with that, KT, because that's one of the takeaways I think you could possibly see on that show is that Mike McCarthy does have some sarcasm to him. And I think you could see that side of him that you're probably not going to see very much, especially last year when things were going so poorly. And you're certainly not going to see that in some press conference uh, after a loss. But behind the scenes, I think that you're going to see a little bit of that. I mean, it's the same thing as in a way where with Jason Garrett, when they did the all or nothing, you got to see another side of Jason Garrett that you don't normally get to see. And so I I think that we're seeing some glimpses of that. I mean, there were several times today that Mike McCarthy made little jokes and things like that. And yeah, Steven certainly appreciates it for sure. But no, uh, Jerry, Jerry's always the star of it. And it gets to the point sometimes where I almost get like upset if, if, reporters are asking anybody but jerry questions <laughs> like and i shouldn't feel that way because i mean there are three people up on the on the well it was like kind of like a stage but i just you just never know what jerry like it doesn't even have to be a question about a certain thing just ask him enough things and he'll start just throwing out randomness and i know there's a lot of cowboys fans out there that are tired of you know the same stuff that jerry says all the time but me i kind of appreciate it and you just never know where it's going to go and today was a great example i mean I didn't expect him to drop two F-bombs. I didn't expect him to get 
choked up and have tears in his eyes two, two, maybe I even think three different times throughout. Like, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting for sure. And then at the very end, you know, Mike McCarthy comes up there wearing like these sunglasses. They just don't look like something Mike McCarthy would normally wear. And it's right here. Sure- Next cut, John. Great, great transition. Here we go. I think it's important for all of us, and it's really the message actually meeting with the Hard Knock staff was just to be yourself and you know, let them do your, their job, and we're going to do ours, and, and, um, and that's really my focus. So uh, I've, I've never uh, put a lot of time or effort to you know, really care about what people think of me. Um, that's why I was probably the only guy who walked in here without sunglasses, but, but it's, um, we're just going to be ourselves. So in conjunction with the earlier cut, were they walking into the press conference and Jerry and Steven were like, dude, Mike, what are you doing? You, you, you gotta be wearing sunglasses. What the hell's going on? And they made him put on sunglasses. Is that what he's saying? It, it, it certainly seems like that. Now I will say <laughs> this, this is, this is a lot different this year because for one, the seats aren't set up like they normally are where we're just right next to each other. They're kind of spaced out on, on the tennis courts. And then we have name, our name tags on the back of our chairs and normally when this, you know, start of training camp press conference ends, you kind of break up and go into like kind of walk-offs with, you know, whether it be was Jason Garrett or Steven or, or, or Jerry. But this year was different. They told us right from the beginning when this is over, you know, don't leave your stay in your seats. Do not come over here because, you know, it's NFL protocol. They're trying to keep everybody separate. So as Jerry's leaving the stage, he makes it a point to like stop Mike. And as as we're sitting there, he starts telling us how, yeah, I'm not even going to do I was about to do a Jerry impression. I'm not gonna do, <laughs> do it. Um, and he starts telling about how not only are these sunglasses ones that, you know, he gave Mike, but they're ones that are from Jamie Foxx's own individual collection. It was just like he just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. Like, like, you know, hey. Mike, you know, you know him. You talked to him during the draft, during literally while we were <laughs> oh, yeah, on the clock right. last year, you were on a Zoom with him for <laughs> He looked, right. That's the other Mike McCarthy thing that he's been vocal about besides this hard dogs thing. He was like, I don't know what the hell that was about, but I just kind of rolled with it. You know? No, for, for sure. Whereas and Jason thing- would have never even said he wasn't comfortable with hard knocks. Jason would have been asked that question and been like, yeah, we're just going to keep our heads down and prepare. You know, he wouldn't have even said he was Con- uncomfortable. Control what we can control. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm, I mean, there was a later answer where Mike said something along those lines. So, I mean, of course, that's what they're going to do. But I mean, there's no coach that wants this. Like, there's no coach that's like, hey, hey, guys, we didn't get on hard knocks yet. What about our team? We want to be on hard knocks. Like, no coach wants to do that. So Mike McCarthy is no different. And then especially coming from Green Bay, where they're not going to do a lot of that stuff. But with the Cowboys, it comes with the dinner. Did you hear Jerry say when he was approached with it that it was a no-brainer? I didn't pull that because it was during all the COVID stuff, but... Yeah. No of brainer? Course. Really? Of course. You I didn't mean, have Jerry, to think about it for two seconds? The fact a that you want to put your team through that? I, I there, mean, no brainer is co- not the word I would use. I would say, you know, we came to the decision, but I don't know. But I there's a couple different Jerry times. There's a couple different times a day where Jerry was really emphasized how coming back out to California, as much as he loves doing it, he really wanted to do it for the media too, because he knows how much we enjoy it. And just kept saying how big of a part we are because it helps grow the brand and it grows the product. And it just things that like, yeah, I can see owners thinking that behind the scenes, but to actually just sit there and say that all the time where it's like, 
especially on a team that, you know, hasn't won a Super Bowl in so long or hasn't even been close to winning a Super Bowl in so long. It just like you always kind of get the feeling that Jerry makes it known that like the the popularity of the Cowboys excites him so much and that anything that will help that popularity and and name grow, he is just all about and will do whatever it takes. And so obviously the question then is how much does that hurt you and, and hold you back from winning championships? So, uh, yeah, but then that it's, I don't know, like, was this the best opening press conference? No. I mean, there wasn't like a lot of stuff. They were like, Oh my God, I got to get out and just write this right away. Uh, there's a lot of things that he has said before, but there's always going to be moments. I mean, anytime you get Jerry on a stage and everyone's talking, I mean, it, the press conference lasted for an hour. So there's always going to be moments here or there where, you know, that Jerry just can't help himself. He has to say something that, he knows is going to be, uh, you know, a headline type thing. I mean, he he kind of hesitated the first f bomb, and then the second one, it was just like, yeah, I'm saying f bombs now. We're good. We'll get there. I, I'm going to go to Sod real quick. Outside of Jerry, who do you think the MVP of Hard Knocks will be? Oh gosh, I, I mean, it has. I, I think Micah Parsons is just like, I guess, too easy of an answer. I, I think he's. I think he's going to warrant a lot of attention from the cameras. And I'll think he, I, I think he'll give a lot of decent material too. So, I mean, I would say Micah Parsons, but it, it's hard to say. Like, I think a guy like Demarcus Lawrence is someone that a lot of people are going to look at. But I feel like Demarcus Lawrence is one of those guys who's just like, it, it, it all depends. Like, he's so authentic. He's not going to play it up for the camera or anything like that. He's just going to be himself. And a lot, and as we've seen in the locker room in the past, like a lot of times that's more than enough. But I do think like a guy like Micah Parsons is going to try to capitalize on it, play it up for the camera, um, things like that. I think you know you'll you'll see Dak win a lot of uh, you know goodwill from a lot of fans and stuff like that. Like I mean, this is the same fan base that literally like you know lost their mind when he threw a threw a cup in a trash can. Like I you know when he if he's going to start doing stuff like you know just in his normal routine, I think Dak's going to come off looking pretty good too. And then what about Dak just? If, if like he's playing well, because oh, if, yeah. like if, if they're making highlight plays and stuff like that, I just feel like the hype just continues to grow with the team, you know, because uh, they're shooting five episodes and they already started filming like days ago. And then they're going to go up throughout when the team even comes back to the star. So they're going to have all this footage for five episodes. Like even if you have an off day, there's going to be so much good footage of so many highlight plays that there's a good chance that like several of these guys that maybe not be the uh, behind the scenes playing chess in your room or, or, you know, it, you know, wrapping a few bars. If you're Calvin Joseph, maybe it's just because the team looks good, you know, especially because the offense should look good, particularly going against this defense. And so the hype could be even crazier coming out of this hard knocks because of the fact that, there are all these offensive weapons and they probably are going to look really good going against this defense Uh, to answer uh, KT's original question about stars of it. We're talking about individual players. Um, I already mentioned Kelvin Joseph, but I'm going to even spread that out a little bit and say multiple corners. I think whether it be Jordan Lewis, Jordan Lewis showed an all or nothing, gotten some back and forth with Des Bryant. He's a possibility. Uh, Nishan Wright, Kelvin Joseph, I don't really think Anthony Brown, he's a little bit more soft-spoken, um, but maybe one of these rookies that's trying to make the team or something like that. Like I keep an eye on that cornerback position too because it's not really like Michael Gallup to try and, and show up in front of the camera, CeeDee Lamb, uh, even even you know Amari Cooper and, and, and things like that. 
Zeke, I don't know that he'll necessarily be like that. But on the defense, it'll be interesting because they don't have a lot of playmakers on the defense. So who is going to try and maybe put themselves out there and act like they're kind of the star of the defense, you know? No, uh, that makes sense. I, uh, the names I was rifling through. And I Jalen think, Smith. J- well, Jalen's definitely All about branding. He's going to be front, of the, yeah. front and center in front of wherever the cameras are. You know, and, and Hard Knocks is so weird, though, because they do zero in on, on people over the years, I guess. So it's just you shoot a bunch of stuff and then you edit it up, right? And you edit and put the best stuff in. But like with Cleveland uh, a couple years ago, or maybe was that last year? Jeez, whenever that was, with Cleveland. And it was uh, Carl Nassib. Three years you know, ago. Kind of, yeah, God, that was a long time ago. Taunting, uh, you know, Todd Haley. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a, a big storyline going. Carl Nassib was very friendly to the camera and stuff like that. So, like, uh, it could kind of be a, someone that's unexpected. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm thrilled about it. Like, I I know, like, Cowboys fans are like, no, we don't. Man, it's really awesome, though. Soak it in because you don't get this type of behind-the-scenes footage of your team all the time. So, at least enjoy it while you can and just hope that it doesn't impact the season at all. Um, Kent, do you mean to stay in order with these cuts right here or yeah. bounce around? This okay, is chronological set, of the press conference. So. I, I missed this part. Set this set, set this one up for me. I missed this one. So this is a question uh, from a local affiliate about – basically it's been you know, 25-plus years since you've been in the Super Bowl. How does it make you feel, Jerry? Or what, what does your team need to li- literally do to get back to the Super Bowl? So here we go. How can you all get yourself back to where you used to be when you first came to the state when you were Yeah. Well, I uh, uh, we we need to have a Charles Haley appear. <laughs> you follow me? Because we got him, and we started going to Super Bowls. I don't know. I don't know if anyone got that in the media at the time either. They didn't know if that was a joke or if he was serious. There's some courtesy laughter there, but yeah, don't know what he meant by that. But well, let's keep going. Well, but you say, well, Charles didn't do it himself. Of course not. But he was a big, impactful player. And we took some risk, and he first to tell you, and he was an impactful player for us. Obviously, uh, Deion Sanders helped get to some Super Bowls. I'm not talking about the very obvious, and that was the organic growth that Coach referred to of the players that we uh, that brought on, brought with us as we when we first got here. Uh, I think we've got a combination right now, seriously, and I'm not making comparisons, and you can get in so much trouble doing that. But I think we've got a combination. I think Coach is right of youth players, talent, as well as we've got some solid, solid, talented veteran players, and when you look at our top uh, 10, 11 paid guys, they're guys that can make major contributions to this team. We had a core base like that in those uh, championship years that made that core base, yet we, boy, we had some talented young guys come through. We're, We're starting to look like that when you look at team makeup. Now, I'm not comparing Troy and Dak, or I'm not comparing Emmett and Zeke. I'm not doing that at all, or certainly not comparing Michael uh, with anybody we've got at all. Uh, but as I started this meeting off with, uh, Michael it was is a special thing. Uh, do we dare think we could have one of those on this team that would have that kind of leadership role? We may have it. Only thing I'd add to that is- It might be your quarterback. Well, if you read between the lines, I kind of think there it's interesting that 
I mean, if you broke up the Cowboys team, offense on one side of the paper, defense on the other, like whether it's draft, free agency, trades for Murray Cooper, they've knocked offense out of the park. They're one of the best teams in the NFL at, at, at finding offense and putting a good offensive players together. Defense, they're, they're one of the worst. So where is like your Charles Haley? Is that Randy Gregory? I mean, that's asking a lot. Who's your Deion Sanders? Calvin Joseph? Nishan Wright? Anthony Brown? I mean, not really. To, to get a, uh, somebody like that, you're going to have to go out and make a significant investment. I mean, it was, you know, that trade for Charles Haley signing Deion Sanders. Those were significant investments. Where are the significant investments on this defense? Yeah, no, I, I, I think the thing is you're hoping that Randy Gregory is right. partial. But like, you also put yourself in a position to where you're, I know it's not like, like, you know, baseball where you kind of make a trade and there's a trade deadline. We have a trade deadline in football, but it's not utilized. Although it has been a little more over the, over the last few years, you know, maybe you're in a position to maybe add something and give up a draft pick, you know, and things like that. If you put yourself in a situation to be seven and three, you know, and, and you're being taken seriously. So maybe he's kind of looking at it that way. Um, but but you're right. Like in the end, the things he was saying just don't quite all add up. But then he said at the end, it may be your quarterback. Well, maybe maybe Dak is your Deion Sanders, or Dak is your Charles Haley. Well, I need Dak to be my Troy Aikman in that scenario. Right. In that scenario. <laughs> so like, you could you could even read between the lines and treat it as well. How did they add those players too? Like Deion Sanders signed in September of the '95 season. Charles Haley was traded like right before '92, and that those were moves that put them over the top. Charles Haley put them over the top '92, '93. Deion helped put them over the top in '95. Jerry, you hinting at that you're about to make a move? You go, you you're trying to go out and get somebody. Know, I, you go, it's what it. I don't know. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like he's like we're one player away, and that. But they also said we're not adding a veteran corner, and we're not really in the process right now of doing that. The other thing he said out of that little bit there is it, about the wide receivers. Like none of these guys, and they're not. They're not going to touch Michael. Michael Irvin. I mean, this is a great group of receivers, Jerry. I don't know. No, no. I, mean, I think he meant as you know, because he mentions in there. He says, as I already said earlier about Michael, he answered that question earlier about how Michael Irvin's been so outspoken right. about guys getting the vaccination. And I think what he meant there was about how he's such a vocal leader, like behind the scenes. You know, Jerry went into how, like, you know, it was so much bigger than him just being a good player at wide receiver. It was like. He was like the vocal guy for that team. So he wasn't and talking about him on the field. That, no, that no. I mean, obviously okay. there's a combination of that because he's a Hall of Fame receiver. But the being that leader, that vocal guy, and that's why in that cut there where it ends and Steven starts talking, he's cutting in because he wants to start talking. He talks at length about Dak and how he thinks Dak can be that guy. And that's why they paid him because it was more than just on the field. That's They think he can be that type of a leader as well. Uh, so another one uh, with Jerry, he just kind of asked about, you know, Hey Jerry, you feeling pressure? You feeling any urgency? You know, let's get the ball ball rolling here. What's your sense of urgency right now? Uh, you talked several times over the past few years about you don't have time to have a bad time, and we come out here many times, and you were very confident about this team two years ago. It's the most talented team we've had since the '90s. You know, is this the team that can finally get back to the Super Bowl? I mean, is that where your urgency is? Well. Uh... You, you've often heard me say you would be shocked at if I could write a check and know that I was going to get to Super Bowl. What you would, what you would do with that? Uh, but uh, uh, 
I'm, I don't want to confuse this with not being realistic. Uh, I've always had to be pragmatic at the end of the day, because if not, you'll end up on the outside looking in. You have to be real. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I've, I've never thought that we uh, couldn't uh, be better or never thought that we couldn't make it happen, even when we were not as on paper. What? Uh, I'm sorry. He's talking. He's <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, real quick, in, real quick. Well, go ahead. Side can relate to this. You guys think listening to that might be tough? Transcribe it, yeah. Transcribing it is <laughs> a blast. <laughs> I mean, you so listen, many. Hey, hey, real quick, real quick, real quick here. Imagine transcribing this. Kent, go back and just play the very beginning of the Charles Haley thing. All right. The Charles Haley response. And just think in your mind now if you're transcribing this before he even says Charles Haley. Well, I, uh, uh, we, we need to have a Charles Haley appear. You're like, yeah, well, I, what, if. And yeah, what do like, you omit? What, what do you omit where, where PR approves it? They're, they're not, you're not cutting stuff from Jerry's quotes, you know. Well, yeah, now, there, are some, there are some people that, as Saad would know, uh, aren't great at transcribing or they just don't care so they just don't even you end up going back and transcribing yourself we're not going to mention anybody clarence hill and so uh but there's others where you like you go through and you're like all right i can't put all this nobody wants this part now you got to go back and whatever like that so i mean a lot not, of dashes and colons right and right right a lot of that comes into play also going back to that Haley cut like i think when Whenever Jerry starts with the yeah, like that's like his get your get your engine started. Like, <laughs> is, like yeah. he's, he's, he's ready. licking his lips, <laughs> like he's ready to talk. Yeah, it's gonna be gold. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's continue with this cut here. And uh, and I've got too many examples of how shorthanded people have knocked them out of the park before, and a lot of them in a lot of different areas. And so uh, I really don't know that uh, I have any days or I have any weeks, but what I don't think there's a pony in here somewhere. I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, there's what, a pony in there somewhere. There's a pony in there. Yeah, he, said, he said, mentioned a pony and never goes back to what where the pony is, what what the deal with the pony is. That's uh, I mean, I think anything that Jerry's talking about now is so broad. It's rarely specific to what's happening, right? Like, and and, and it's kind of a place for that in the opening press conference. Everything is so broad. The thing, the thing I think he's saying is almost like he talked a lot about, you know, staying positive and and that type of stuff. I think that's what he was saying. No, no, that's absolutely what it is because that's the that, pony. The, the pony is yeah, it's a story of a kid getting uh I think it was a pony for Christmas or whatever, but he doesn't get to see the he doesn't see the pony at first. All he sees under the tree is like all this manure. And so but the kid has such a positive outlook. And so he's like, well, you know, kind of like if there's all that manure there, there's got to be a pony in there. Why somewhere. did we get this story? Well, hey, there's a lot of stuff that he says here that I've heard like a million times. So it's like, am I really yep. going to bring this up again? Like, you know, I, like I don't have time to have a bad time. Uh, what was the one he said at the beginning? Uh, I could be or he always says this every training camp. He says somewhere in there, you can set your watch to it. He will say, um, I could be anywhere in the world right now, but I choose to be here with the team. And I also think it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm a frequent uh, as we've talked about in here. Uh, I frequently check vesselfinder.com. And so, nice. you know, right before training camp is always when 
the fam the Jones family is out on the boat and they generally over, you know, uh, you know, over in Italy, France, things like that. So he could literally be staying there and continue to vacation with everyone, but he always chooses to come back to camp. Like, and Jerry's always there, you know, the first day always has to be that news conference. He's almost there at every practice. You know, he's up in that tower. Everybody that comes to practice can see that he's up there, that he's going to all this stuff, you know, that he's very hands-on. This is where he wants to be. So he says like a lot of these sayings. And so because he says them so often, he, te- he tends to just shorten them. And if you don't know all of them, you're just like, Where, wait, what did he say about that <laughs> pony thing? Like a pony? Like the crippled like cricket's ass? What is he talking right, about? Right, 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 right. Yeah, like he's, he said circumcise a mosquito like, you know, so many times like at that point. You just, you just kind of. The other lose. one he uses, John, is the Jello in the hand. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, two two handfuls of Jello. Yeah, like oh, soon as you, yeah. soon as you think you got under control, yeah. some piece <laughs> sl- slides out or whatever. Yeah. I will say though that you know, I think when he was getting emotional today, I think a lot of it has to do with him reflecting on like how much he enjoys being a training camp, how much he enjoys these news conferences to kick it off, how much he genuinely enjoys being around the media, and he is thinking to himself how many more of these do I have left in my life at, you know, being 78 years old. And he probably, you know, you start thinking about that stuff as you get older. And and I know for myself how much I enjoy covering Cowboys training camp. Like there's nothing even close in a second of what I like doing in my job as much as covering this team, you know, especially when they're out here in California, it's just so much fun. And I think that he was reflecting a lot on that because it's one of his favorite things is to be out here during this. And the other part is, is going back to the pony thing, is because Jerry is such an optimist about things. And when are you most optimistic, especially coming off a bad year, is when that, when that season's behind you and you're moving into the new season. It's a whole new reason to be optimistic over again. As we know, Jerry, he, great friends with Genuine. Big Cowboys hmm. fan, Genuine. So. Is that true? That's true. No, it's, it's, I think that's a pony reference. It is no, a pony I, I, reference. I get the pony reference. And he's friends reference. with Genuine. You think I'm but kidding? Genuine, really? Yeah. Like, no, yeah, I'm very f- no, I'm I'm serious. He's come out before. He's come out to games and stuff, and done videos for us when I was there. Uh, oh, yeah, genuine. Uh, it's a boy, uh, genuine. Like, yeah. Plays a lot of like secret shows in town. Like he hangs out around Dallas a little bit. So, yeah, um, there you go. Oh, uh, then the Jimmy Johnson thing, which kind of, in my opinion, was the highlight of of today. Let's start with the John, first clip. John completely we- laid out on that last. <laughs> on that pony joke that was just that was that was impressive i'm i'm actually impressed all right this was the big headline this is what you saw all over social media jerry's asked about jimmy going to the hall of fame when i look back at the time that we got to enjoy and what happened to us during that time uh i uh, uh go back to uh, uh what barry switzer said barry switzer came in the uh, the office and uh jimmy had just left and so Barry came down from Norman, Oklahoma to talk about getting the job. And he comes in and he said, where's Jimmy? Now, Barry had coached us both. He said, where's Jimmy? And I said, Jimmy's gone. He said, well, that's not right. Get him. Get him in here. I said, where's Jimmy? I said, Barry, Jimmy's gone. We're sitting here talking about you being the coach. I said, what in the world are you so anxious to talk to Jimmy about? He said, I just wanted to get both you little assholes on this couch and ask you both, how could you fuck this up? <laughs> that was Switzer. <laughs> I don't know what. Ah, that was old Switzer. Okay, so let me give you guys a back let me give you guys a backstory on this. Uh, there's two parts to this. One, 
so this is towards the end of the news conference. So we're talking like in the 50th minute, something like that. All right. So here's the backstory on this. So Skylar Dixon, who covers the team for the Associated Press, uh, didn't get to come out to camp. And so he had been texting me and Clarence for the last couple of weeks that another writer that he works with is working on some Hall of Fame stories, needs something from Jerry on Jimmy getting in. And so Clarence and I both have told Skyler, we'll, we'll ask him, we'll ask him, but you know, it's probably gonna be towards the end. Cause that's not really, you know, hall of fame's not for another almost three weeks, you know, like we'll get it in, but it, whatever. So early on, like they start this thing off first 10, 15 minutes are just all about COVID. How many players are vaccinated? How many players, how close they are to 85%. And this is before we're even getting any questions. And I'm just kind of like, I know this ain't going to go much longer than an hour. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, Skyler, but I don't think we're going to get into Jimmy. And so it just keeps going and keeps going. And it just got to a point where it was like, okay, there was kind of some doubt. And then Clarence jumped in and asked that. And then it leads to all of this. And so my other point to this is this is exactly why after games, when Jerry would talk, so obviously he didn't do it last year because of COVID. This is why I would never, ever, ever leave Jerry when he's talking. If I don't have anybody else that is there. There's other times where like, I remember like Saad when we were in Boston or Foxborough. Like I went to the Patriots locker room because Saad was there and Saad was going to stay with Jerry. Like you have to be there because you just never know. Like there's no like, I'll listen to what Jerry has to say in the beginning and I'll go cover the locker room. Like, no, because you don't know how his story is going to change, how much he's going to add at the end. So that's why there's so many times when he was talking outside the locker room where like you would literally stay there until the locker room opened. And then you were still there when the locker room closed because you're just like, I'm not walking away from this because you just never really know what he's going to say. Not to mention that, especially like players nowadays are a lot more cautious what they say because of social media. So you're like in your head, you're like trading, like, am I going to give up right now? What Jerry could be like throwing out there where he doesn't care what's being put out there and go into the locker room and might get like some really like boring quote that I'm not going to do anything with. So it's like, these are the exact example why it's like when Jerry's talking, he's one of those few people where it's just like, you just ride it out because you just don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of his money quotes do come later on, though. He he kind of like, he lets it, the more that people trickle away, that's the more that, you know, he kind of lets his guard down. Like, it, it comes to mind when when he had that quote about, like, you know, the national anthem and players need to toe the line and stuff. Like, there were like four people around him when he said that. So right. that's, just, that's just something that you have to be there. And he said some stuff. Uh, that's been off the record when I've just been around him with just, you know, one or two other beat writers that he's obviously seen before. So he knew we wouldn't, you know, put it out there because it was clearly off the record. And I'll tell you one time where it kind of slipped up on him is when we were in Hawaii a couple years ago. And that's when he said Zeke who, when, when it was asking him, oh, Zeke was still holding out and Tony Pollard. What happened was, is that there were like four of us on one side of him. And he didn't know that behind him was a camera because we had just left the locker room. So because when he turned his head and saw it, it was kind of like, well, I got to own it now because the cameras already got it. Like he was kind of just saying it as a joke before we were leaving. They're just like joking, like, yeah, I'm going to give you guys something, ah, whatever. And then so I think Clarence is the one that asked him. And then when he, and then Clarence pointed at the camera and he turned his head and it was just kind of like, all right, well, I guess I got to own it now. This, is on. <laughs> this has been, you know, this guy's not going to sit there and not post this or whatever. So no, yeah, it, like that stuff's good. But then there's even other stuff that he says, like as you guys have probably heard back in the day when, he was at that bar and those kids asked him about like Tim Tebow. And he's like, well, what would I do with Tim Tebow or whatever like that? Like, I mean, it gets even crazier when he doesn't think he's being recorded, you know? Well, I also like that, like what he said, all that. And it's a great story, by the way. 
But like when the F bomb happens, it's almost like he almost like realized like he was trying to like restrain himself. He was hundred percent. He was yes. It was so good. It just it was just so good. All of it was, and then like I, so I went after the, I went and listened to all of this. I was like skimming through after the fact because I was trying to cut stuff up for our show as well. So I was like skimming through it, and when I went in to cut the audio today, I was like, man, I don't think that much happened, you know. And then I pulled up John pulled up your. Uh, Twitter feed to kind of you know get the highlights to cut for our, sh- our radio show, and I was like, oh yeah, wow, a lot did happen here. When I listened to it, it was like opening up Christmas presents. So um, real quick, we're there's new social media policies for us out here, like things that we can post, things that we can't. We're not allowed to post any video from the press conference, yeah, because I would have posted right away all of that because you can get it off the team website on their live stream, and then yeah. there's also a site for like media, so like. I can technically post the video of him saying that in my story that's going up tomorrow on The Athletic, but I couldn't tweet it because believe me, I wanted to just tweet that video so bad because just, and actually it's not this one, it's the second F-bomb because after he says this one, he's like, I'm already in, I've already said one, let's say another one, you know, just for fun here. Yeah. I've never been able to know why uh, I fucked it up. That, not just that, but anything else. No, I can't answer those questions. Yeah, so right there, I was like, oh, I can't wait to post this video. And then I saw on the social media thing for this year, it's like, we can't do that. I was like, so there are some other people that put it out there, but they aren't credentialed to cover the team and things like that. So it's like, nothing's going to really happen to them, you know, but I can't put that up there and then risk them being like, all right, well, now you can't post any videos from all the training camp, you know. I'm really excited uh, about using this drop throughout the season and you know we can play it unedited here on the athletic a lot of shows you listen to might not be able to so you know we'll just be able to play this anytime we want now i fucked it up (laughs) jerry's f-bomb is my second favorite f-bomb of uh of in cowboys history after do you remember when jason garrett like caught himself mid-sentence yeah Yeah, we talked like it was it was just so authentic yeah he was talking about he was talking about zeke and was just kind of like uh uh i mean this guy really and then he said the F word and then he, and then he just got so rad because he was just like, oh, I don't say this. Well, no, I say yeah. this all the time behind the scenes. But I don't say this when I'm standing in front of this podium. It's a dangerous game to play, man. man it is. I do it every day at work. I cuss way too much in the hallway that it's like, oh, we're on the air. Oh, be careful. What's the what's the time uh, on that? Like how, how fast do you have to like dump it? Five seconds? Five. I, I think it's four, technically. Okay. Um, now, if you hit the dump button twice, though, you can make it eight seconds. You can hit the dump button up a few times. So okay. you can extend it if you need to. But, yeah. I mean, I've definitely said it on the air before, and it's been dumped. Like, uh, like accidentally said it. It's happened once. But, like, yeah, man. It's a, you know, you're Jerry. Who cares? Like, this, right. it's it's great. Dude, and, and the older he gets, it's going to get crazier. Right. This doesn't, this doesn't get more, you know, normal. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, like, this is a uh, – can we play that drop again one more time for us, Kent? I fucked it up. Yep. <laughs> so, like, this is the thing, too, is it's like, you know, we haven't got to some of it in here, but, like, there's different times where he's getting emotional talking about things, choking up, needing to pause and stuff. And then you got him other times laughing, and then you got him getting this candid about this Jimmy uh, Barry oh, yeah. Switzer story stuff like that. Like so, you're all over the map. Jerry's with- emotional roller coaster in one hour was yeah. He went from crying to f bomb in about one minute of the span. But, but he <laughs> doesn't. Mean, 
he doesn't get that way. Like if you're asking about, okay, what the Eagles have, like if it's like the specific interviews about what happened in the game or the game coming up and he's really focused in on something, it doesn't really go there. It's these big, broad, you know, topics of life and memories and things like that. I mean, we we never had him on back when uh, we worked at the fan by we, I mean the Ben and skin show, we didn't have him weekly. It was always, you know, Sean and RJ and the G bag nation, but we would get him about twice a year outside of the season. And then, uh, you know, Maryland would let us, you know, go a little long with him. And I swear to God, Ben Rogers is like Roy Firestone. Like Ben could make Jerry cry almost every time. Like you just knew it was going to happen. Whether he's asking about his dad or, you know, whatever, growing things about stories about growing up. So like I've seen Jerry cry before, but I don't know if I've seen it in this public setting. Like I've seen it, like heard it over the phone. I don't know about like in a public setting like this. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. No, my other favorite thing is like, you know, he says the F-bomb the first time. He's like, now he's just going to own it and he's all in. It was kind of like when he said the glory hole thing. And he goes, you know, I've been here 23 years. I've been here when it was glory hole days and when it wasn't. And I want me some glory hole. And so everybody starts laughing and like probably, uh, I don't know, five minutes later, the press conference is about to end. And Rich Dalrymple, who's the head of PR, is like, he just tries to jump in and kind of like smooth things over and go, you know, guys, a glory hole is commonly used in expression in the oil and gas exploration <laughs> business. And Jerry jumps in and goes, well, that's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he doesn't even want people to know that. So good. So good to hear Jerry again. I'm with you, John. It's been so long. It feels like it's been years since since we've heard Jerry. I love the guy so much. Uncle Jerry, you know, done so much for me in my in my career. But, you know, when he gets emotional, and this is something that surprised me, is it was him talking about Jimmy. And you guys, you know, that it's interesting that story of, of how that question came up because he does not like to talk about Jimmy. Uh, no. For more on this whole story, I, you know, watch my uh, documentary I did with the Cowboys in 2019, Welcome to Switzerland, which basically is this exact story of – it was the really divorce, good, by the way. The divorce, oh, thank you, Saad, uh, of the divorce between uh, Jimmy and Jerry and then bringing in Barry. Jerry knew I was doing this for, you know, a year or so and didn't want to talk about it. It's always something that I'm surprised when he talks about it, and it feels like he gave us a little bit more this time than, than he usually does uh, with the Jimmy thing. And he was asked again after that if uh, Jimmy will be going into the Ring of Honor. You know, I don't want to do anything that takes away from this year. You know, he'll have a year, provided everything goes good. He'll have a year uh, that we also honor his Hall of Fame, and it will be this year. Uh, in the and during the season at some time, David Baker will come down. So we don't want to do anything uh, uh, that uh, uh, makes that happen. Uh, I'm excited, actually. Uh, uh, I uh, was the one that uh, that with David Baker when Jimmy was uh, uh, put in the the hall there two years ago or last year not this year but a year ago uh, I said look the Cowboys need to play in the Hall of Fame game and he agreed and he wanted that to be done that was a condition well when they canceled the game last year uh, David said the first thing he did was call and say before, not that it's conditioned because we need to cancel it anyway, but will you commit to play the, the next year? 
So really, we've been standing there waiting to play this game relative to this time when they come in the uh, ring of honor. And of course, we've got two other absolutely great Dallas Cowboy players going in up there, too. So it's really propitious that we've got that uh, uh, that we've got that game. He uh, he worked. Is Jimmy getting to the ring of honor to into? No, but we're playing in the Hall of Fame game somehow. That's impressive, Jerry. It's really, it's really impressive how he can turn something around. Well, he just didn't want to say it. I, I mean, I, I've argued with other writers about this. I just don't think he's going to put him in. I think if Jimmy gets in, it'll be after, after Jerry passes away. I don't think that Jerry alive wants him in. Right. And this goes back to what I said just before. He was, he was crying during this press conference when he was talking about Jimmy and their past. How can you not put somebody in who makes you feel like that when you think of the memories and you think of all the good times, you know, I, that's what blows my mind. I feel like, you, well, you don't might not probably, know how bad the bad times were behind the scenes. They might be even worse than what's, what's been put out. I there, mean, no, you know? he was crying when he was talking about how good of a friend Jimmy and he and Jimmy are. I mean, that's when he was crying when he was talking about all the good, all the good times and him being, them being out in thousand Oaks together and, and buying the team and all that kind of stuff. You know, he said, he said, I will say, um, to Jerry's credit, he, uh, he, he took, he took the blame, you know, he says, I fucked it up. So, right. But well, so we don't know Jerry from a business standpoint because we don't have enough money to do business with Jerry Jones and somebody like him, uh, that got burned by somebody in let's say the business world. I could see Jerry Jones being the type of person where it's like, yeah, Jerry's like, like we're sitting here on the here talking about like how we love him being at this press conference. We love the way he is like you know, giving us material and it keeps it interesting and stuff like that. But behind the scenes, if you cross him, he might be the type of guy where like, I'll take that to the grave. I will never do business with this person ever again. And like, is adamant about that. And he might just have his certain things where he's just like, well, I can sit there and I I can sit there and I can see this guy out in public and we can, we can shake hands and hug and we can, everything can be great. But behind the scenes, I'll never do business with that person ever again. I don't care like what happens. And he might have a relationship like that with Jimmy where he just is adamant, like, I don't care. We had good times, but I will never put him in the ring of honor as long as I, whether that's true or not, I'm just saying it just makes no sense. This was the perfect time today to sit there and say, no, no, it's going to happen one day, but we're just going to take, like, there was follow-ups and everything. And he still was just like, he would not commit to it at all. Here we go. You do plan to put Jimmy in the ring of honor at some point in the near future. Let's don't let uh, knock all the fun off out of it. You know, I, when you're that rich and powerful, you you can't have that attitude of, you know, I don't really need this guy. Uh, yeah, I don't really have to do this. I, I own Jimmy. So, you know, you can kind Both of, of those guys could have buried the hatchet and, yeah. put, and, and been the presenter for the other in the Hall of Fame. And that's clearly not happening. I still think, I think this year will pass. I think in 2022, he will put Jimmy in. And I think he might be pressured into it. And not that Jerry's one to like let other people like talk him into something, but I think I do well, think it happens. We'll do a bet on this. I, he's not going in in twenty twenty two. Well, we can bet something on this. I'll bet you. Let's put some real thought into it. I'll bet you. Trading card. I'm with you, John. I don't think he goes in as long as Jerry's around. I really don't. But I don't know why that that's the case. If Jerry's crying every time he talks about the guy, you know. And Steven so. puts him in a month after Jerry dies. <laughs> He's not. He would not do that a month after. 
I can promise you it ain't going to happen a month after. I'm with, yeah, it is confusing why he doesn't address it more head on. He'd rather just field questions uh, for the rest of his life about because it. Because it's, it's mystery. I think it's mystery. I think yeah. he loves it. He loves it. I, I think he likes getting asked about but it. But he tried honestly. to make the excuse of we don't want to – we don't want to rain on this parade this year by giving him a ring of honor. Yeah, he's like, he's like, <laughs> I don't want to rain on this schedule. parade. <laughs> well, I don't want to rain on this parade, but over my dead body is that MFR going, and he just keeps dropping more. What if he was in that like, kind of mood Jesus. today after the f bomb? He just kept going, you know. He's like, no way. To the point f where like guy. Rich has to get him off the stage. Like, okay, guys, well, we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. you. Know All right. I'd like to add this. I don't really think Jimmy cares. If he's in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. I think the Hall of Fame means a lot to Jimmy. I don't think he cares if he's in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. It means more to the fans than it does anyone. I think he's very indifferent. more than anything. Jimmy likes to catch Marlins. You know? I wonder if there's like a more obvious uh, type of thing like this in sports than Jimmy not being in the Ring of Honor. Like, I wonder if there's like another team that doesn't, you know. I know with like the Cubs, people talk about how like, if you go to Wrigley, like, you won't even see anything that even shows a sign of anything of Sammy Sosa ever playing there, you know. And obviously there were years where the Cubs where Sammy Sosa was like the only thing that would make them even relevant. Um, but I just can't think of anything where like, like I've told you guys before, when I moved down to Dallas, I was like kind of stunned that like Jimmy wasn't in the Hall of Fame. I just thought I took it for like, oh, yeah, of course he's in there. And then I was like, oh, wait, he's not? Okay, this is interesting. But, like, yeah, I wonder yeah. if there's another another person in any sport that's not in, like, their teams, like Hall of yeah. Fame or their Ring of Honor that is more, you know, glaring than than Jimmy Johnson and everything that he helped build for that Cowboys dynasty not being in there. Is that crazy? Great question. And then also yeah. when you look at the Ring of Honor, like, so all of Jimmy's guys, I mean, I'm sorry, all of Jerry's guys are on one side. And then all of the pre-Jerry guys are all on the other side of the stadium. Like Jerry, I, I would think Jerry Jerry's would see it as a point of pride to to Jerry, yeah, put Jerry's, Jimmy's name over there. And be like, I brought this guy here. I brought these titles, these yeah. players. But I think he also knows that the sport fan of today, if you take a poll, gives Jimmy more credit for those Super Bowls than they give Jerry. And I think that that number only continues to go up year by year. And then if you put him in the ring of honor, I just think that that even maybe throws more gasoline on that fire. I think Jerry won the ultimate battle. Jerry got the gold jacket before Jimmy. So deep down, I think he knows. Well, and also Jerry gets to continuously until yeah, and his last the, day the own the Dallas right. Cowboys, you know? Yeah, but okay. So Jerry gets to own the Dallas Cowboys, but isn't Jim, doesn't Jimmy look like the winner after the, like, I mean, Jerry hasn't won anything since Jimmy left and that's Barry's why Jimmy's ring. Right, and that's why Jimmy does look like the winner is because right. that it's just clear, like over twenty five years, and you haven't even come close to getting back to what we, you know, what I helped build or what I was, you know, the architect of. Yeah, yeah. It's only going to make Jerry look worse. His reputation. I mean, if he goes out with ever never putting Jimmy on his in the Ring of Honor, that's going to be a bad mark. You know, I think it would be way better for his legacy to suck it up and put him in. But he knows that. That's obviously. a good mic drop right there. I have nothing for you. All right, yeah, we no, got one more awesome. Jerry drop. Uh, he he wouldn't let us go without one more classic drop. So uh, this is a reporter trying to ask a question. <laughs> Excuse me, I can't hear you with that mask. I, I got to see those lips. <laughs> got to see those lips. And then we, so we got that this from now on. I got to see those lips. 
Uh, Clarence Hill loved that. Oh, he was man. able to laugh, I think. No, I was, I was laughing pretty hard, but no, I, was I love to, Jerry so much. It's like he just didn't like have to a, say a, that. <laughs> an uncle, you know, like a member of the family. He just so didn't good. have to say it, though, you know. Just, hey, I can't, the, can't hear you without that mask. Show me those lips. I also thought there's one part that that, that uh, where he talked about, you know, I think Jane asked, Jane Slater of the NFL Network asked the old question about selling his soul to the devil. And he went on this whole thing and he's like, I'm not trying to sound sacrilege or anything, but, you know, there's not a thing that I would not do. And as a guy who's just started watching The Sopranos, man, that sounded so mafia. He said, there's not a thing I would not do to, to, uh, you know, to win a Super Bowl, right? Very joker, thing on yeah. that he wouldn't do. And I was like, God, that sounds so mafia, dude. Because like, you, know, you would kill a guy. Would you kill a guy to win a Super Bowl? And he and he's like, Yeah. And then you go, <laughs> Well, what if you get a Super Bowl if you put Jimmy in the Ring of Honor? No, I don't want one that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the thing. That's the ultimate thing, right? <laughs> Could you imagine God, that? Hey, what a hey, hypothetical. Hey, 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 check He's that out. He's got to take the hey, Super Bowl. Hey, check that out. What if one day, <laughs> 20 years from now, he's put in there and they literally win like five Super Bowls in a row? <laughs> <laughs> like that's The a, curse that was, is broken. That was the key yeah. that needed to happen. As soon as that happened, the luck was going to all break their way. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt just to eliminate that possibility, right? <laughs> Oh, wow. Jimmy, it feels good Jimmy, to be back, guys. It does. God, man, what a time to be alive. <laughs> um, well, uh, so like you're going to have practices and all that stuff, so we'll catch up next week. When does Hard Knocks start? Do we have the uh I don't think it's until, episode? honestly, I, think it's, uh, I don't think the next, first episode until Not this we, Monday, the next Monday, I think. See, I don't even know if it's that, because I, I heard from someone that it might not start until, like, we're back. Like, it's like, because they got to get all that Canton stuff in there, too. Like, I don't know. I know that they started filming... Several days a full week ago, of camp but... before they do an episode. So yeah, August 10th. Week. Tuesday, August 10th is what I'm seeing. Watch, we're going to be so disappointed. It's going to be like about all these undrafted guys that are on the bubble. No they'll way. Be like going back to their room and stuff. And there'll be like very little stuff about, it'll be like going back to their room and then it's just them talking about like, what do you, you guys think watch my chances it last are year making the with, team? When it was LA and LA, that was I the did worst. not. It was just literally, I mean, they, they didn't have a choice, but it was all just footage of Zoom, <laughs> you know, edited into. Yeah. Some when kind when of the story. only. When, when the only clip that I've seen from it is Sean Payton yelling at the guys for for using the Porta Johns to go number two during practice. Sean McVay. Yeah. yeah. Who did I say? Payton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sean McVay. Uh, I knew that it, it couldn't have been that great if that if that was the one highlight to come out of there. Yeah. Then again, this, I did like the Jets one, and I feel like the biggest highlight to come out of there is let's go get a goddamn snack. Maybe maybe we'll get maybe we'll get McCarthy in a wetsuit like we did with Campo. Maybe not. Hopefully not. Actually, don't need to see uh, that. I don't know. We'll end on that, KT. Sorry. All right, <laughs> that'll do it. We'll be back next week. Keep following the Athletic, John. Of course, we'll have tons of content for you as Cowboys had their first practice on Thursday as we recorded this on Wednesday night. Just so you know, um, for Saad Yusuf. For Father John Machoda and our producer, Kent Garrison, I am Kevin K.T. Turner. We'll see you next week on the next About Them Cowboys. I fucked it up.